you're 100% right, actually. So I have a big marketing thing going on at the moment, which is our milk travels 42 metres to get either into your ice cream cone or into your glass bottle. Hello, welcome back. Happy Friday. You're here with your hosts. I'm Becca. And I'm Lizzie. And what's been going on this week, Lizzie? I think there's one thing for me... Um, which stands out actually um, because it's not just about farming. It's really raising awareness beyond agriculture, isn't it? Definitely. And that would be Ollie Harrison going top to bottom of the country in his harvester. I mean, I'm not going to lie, just a logistical kind of mechanical whatever point. I wouldn't want to be putting my combine through that, but... (laughs) It's all for a really, really important cause. And, um, well, I spoke to Ollie earlier in the week, actually. And yes, raising money is important, but the awareness that they're raising is just absolutely, it's crucial, isn't it? A hundred percent. And they are making an impact. I've heard people from outside the industry talking about it, from mainstream media, hearing it on the radio. It is getting a message out there. And all I can say is, absolutely amazing well done to Ollie and the team absolutely so unfortunately the idea came about because all of the team know somebody who has taken their own life so hence one of the charities they're raising money and awareness for is mind they're also raising awareness for children with cancer uk as well so really really important charities and whilst not directly agricultural certainly will have helped a lot of people in the industry as well. So um, cracking work, don't envy them, but just doing a really, really good job um, for these really important issues. So speaking of Ollie and his charity event, that leads me onto an exciting announcement that I have this week, Bex. Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen this in the last few days. You are a judge at the NFYFC Awards this year. Um, Tell us about that. Well, I'm so excited to be judging the community spirit category and just, it just, I think it just sums up everything that I stand for, we stand for and what young farmers stand for too. Absolutely. So if anybody is thinking about nominating somebody for this category, what are you looking for? I mean, obviously um, we're early days yet um, of looking at any entries, um, but yeah, what would you be looking for? Well, I can't say too much at this stage, but I think the clues in the name of community spirit, looking for people who are going above and beyond away from their usual roles, whether that be through charity events, young farmers, different events, just getting people together and sharing really positive messages and news. So a really, really exciting category and looking forward to it. Sounds like a great opportunity, Lizzie. All exciting. So just before we introduce our guest, it's that time of the week again. I promise I won't do the little sing-along tune that I did last week. But Bex, who's our listener of the week and what is their question? That's right, Lizzie. We have our listener question from Samantha Birch, who has emailed us. And she has asked, what is the strangest or weirdest food you've ever eaten? Lizzie, go on. What's your answer? This one's a bit hopping mad. It's a kangaroo. 
while I was in Australia when I was younger. And I think at the time, I was fairly youngish, I remember saying it's like a combination of beef and chicken mixed together. Hmm, interesting. Well, I mean, not too dis. I mean, not the same. Um, mine's probably crocodile. And, Ooh. Um, was it fishy? No, it was salty and really tough. Was it tough? Mm. Does it have to be cooked fully or can you have that like a, a medium rare crocodile? not gonna lie it was quite cooked and i think i'd prefer i like my steak and my beef and whatever rare but i think crocodile is it white meat it is white yeah it's oh that's that's um Mm. and i felt a bit weird eating it and i'm not weird about food at all but it did feel a bit strange so that is is there anything that you would like try that you want you haven't tried something a bit niche I'd pretty much try anything, you know, apart from like fish eyeballs or witchery grubs. If it's if it's See, on I'm a celebrity, no. So yeah, if anybody's listening and they want to invite either of us, I'm your gal for this one. I'd just give it a whirl. I'd go on it. I don't know how well I'd do, but I'd certainly try. And I think Becca would have a good laugh watching me pop an eyeball in my mouth. Well, <laughs> enough of eyeballs, Lizzie. Shall we speak to our next guest? Yes, definitely, Bex. Kick us off. Who have we got this week? We are welcoming Nina Hildreth from Curly Field Dairies. Um, I'd describe her as a bit of a young entrepreneur, you know. She started her own milk vending machine, plus the family are heavily involved in Open Farm Sunday. So we'll be talking all about that as well. And fun fact that Nina is going to be talking all things milkshakes, which leads me on to the fact that my first ever job while I was at uni was at a milkshake shop. Did you know that, but Rebecca? <laughs> I didn't actually, but fun fact about Lizzie, there you go. <laughs> well, enough about me, more about Nina. Let's go. you returned to the family farm and started a milk vending machine and unfortunately you guys won't be able to see this full episode but we are sitting pretty much right next to it at the moment how did it all come about because they are growing in popularity but where did the idea for yours come from yeah so um we decided we wanted to do something for the public, number one, um, after doing Open Farm Sunday for many, many years. We used to having people on the farm, um, so we just, I wanted to come and work on the farm without being a farmer, and yeah, it just seemed like the obvious step to provide farm fresh milk to the public. Do you, this is a question, I've never actually asked you this, for people who don't know, Nina and I actually have been friends for years, but I've never asked you, Nina. Do you drink your milk and your milkshakes all the time or have you seen too much of it? <laughs> Raw milk I drink, but through the vending machine I don't really touch it. Milkshakes just don't do it for me anymore, which makes me so <laughs> sad. It makes me so sad. I was going to say, do you not have a favourite milkshake? Oh, I still have a favourite. Um, Go on, I'm a, I'm which one? I'm a kind of gal, but I do special, so I change the flavours every uh, Monday morning. Um, and banoffee is absolutely... Oh, I haven't had that. Mm. Oh, oh, so I've got an idea. Okay. We could do, I don't know if it would be possible, but why don't we do a Becca and Lizzie special flavour? Okay. So Have got you got some inspo? With, <laughs> well, we could just like, well, I don't know, we could figure something out, couldn't we? We can't exactly have sheep flavour, can we, Bex? <laughs> um, we'll come back to you on a later date with that, Nina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. 
Oh, I love milkshakes. But I, to be honest, I love raw milk as well. So when I was on a dairy farm, tasting raw milk, it is just so creamy. Oh, so here I think, so for people who don't know, what is the difference? Because some people can be quite worried about it, can't they? About drinking raw milk. Mm. It, it can't be that harmful, is it? Not at all, no. I mean, we've all been brought up on it. Um, but, so I pasteurise the milk to go into the vending machine. So um, all it does is kill any nasty bacterias. I do gentle pasteurisation, which is like the most minimal process I can give the milk. Um, it just ensures there's no risk of TB in that milk, any sort of nasties. If anything has gotten into the tank for some reason, it's um, destroyed just by that pasteurisation process. But actually, farmers are keeping such high hygiene standards, etc., in the parlour and when they're milking, when they're looking after the cows, the chances even in raw milk must be pretty low. It is, yeah, no, you're right. So to be able to sell milk to a larger milk processor like Arla, which is where our milk goes to, I know you girls were there the other week, <laughs> um, yeah, it's called a cell count, it has to be super low, um, and we're way below that anyway, so yeah. Doubly safe. Doubly safe. Amazing. I didn't realise you were supplied to Arla. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, amazing. <laughs> so, for anybody who's listening, your business started with the farm and is first and foremost farm life. But you've obviously diversified into the farm vending machine and ice creams, etc. Do you think diversification is vital now for farm businesses to survive? Well, this is a very interesting question because technically we're not actually diversification. Um, so the obviously dad runs the farm, um, he's a partner in the business with my mum and my eldest brother as well. Um, and that's the way it's always been. I actually run this business completely separate to the farm. So I buy the milk off dad, I pay rent. Um, I'm lucky to not pay electricity because we've got solar panels, um, but things like that. So I run this completely standalone. Uh, we did this just so I could see exactly what money I was making rather than it all getting mixed up with the farm accounts as well, basically. Um, but I digress to answer your question. I don't necessarily think it's necessary, but prime example, like this family, I've done this to make the farm uh, pay for people's wages rather than it was three prior. So I think if more farmers think like that and they've got a child who wants to work on the farm, but there's not just enough men man work for them, then this is the perfect um, solution. I think that's exactly it, isn't it? And, and obviously, kind of financial structure aside, you wouldn't be here, we wouldn't be here sitting on your family farm recording if you hadn't started this business. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, I would say what seems a very successful business, always busy when I come down. Um, yeah. Keeps me out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think I'd be like you, honestly, if my family had a farm. I think I'd kind of branch off to my own little business that somehow utilised the produce that was being made. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but I feel like you have the best like job, milkshakes, ice cream, coming up with creative different flavours. Oh, yeah. it's a dream. <laughs> I actually love making ice cream. I don't really eat a lot of ice cream anymore, but I just lock myself in my room. I just go mad on flavours, create all sorts. And it's the most rewarding thing when people come and say, that is 
the best play being made or that's the best ice cream I've ever had and things like that. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> so talk, talking about that pub- public response, obviously really positive on kind of the flavours and, and coming and actually using the vending machine. It's really interactive and, you know, you get these lovely um, bottles, glass bottles with logos. Um, but how do the public feel when they see the cows? They are literally grazing a matter of metres away from us at the moment. Um, people are really concerned about sustainability, aren't they? What is more sustainable than virtually zero food miles? How do they feel about that? You're 100% right, actually. So I have a big marketing thing going on at the moment, which is our milk travels 42 metres to get either into your ice cream cone or into your glass bottle. Um, I think everyone's so conscious about the plastic use, about the food miles and all of that, which I think is why we get most of our customers. It's not necessarily local people supporting the local farm it's more people wanting to be more environmentally friendly um, and being able to see the cows is just something else it makes the connection for kids so they can see oh look this is the cow that your milk came from mm. and all of this and as they leave they'll say thank you cows thank uh-huh. you Liz- so, yeah. Lizzie, I think we've got our sound clip for this episode it ta- it's 42 meters I mean I know crazy yeah. isn't it yeah. that is and what an amazing story to put out there you know to be able to say that and it is bridging that gap you're doing pretty much what Becca and I do but on a completely different um a different basis but yeah amazing and the way you talk about children's reactions and people's reactions I think it's evident that wider public perception is really important to you and your family so because of that you know, you've been participants in the likes of Open Farm Sunday for many years. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what Open Farm Sunday is? Absolutely, yes. Um, so it is a national initiative set up by a company called Leaf. <laughs> so we first started doing it when I was 14, I think, which was a long time ago now. Um, so the idea is education to the public, basically. So um, your farm sign up, there's if you want to, you can do. If you don't, you don't have to. There's no pressure. Sign up your farm on the website, and the public basically just turn up to an open farm. I mean, closing the name. <laughs> so the first year we hosted Open Farm Sunday, we just got a few of the local farmers in, brought some machinery. Didn't really make a massive deal out of it. Uh, our local your farmers helped a lot as well. We had a hundred people. And we thought, oh my gosh, 100 people. This was obviously before we had the ice cream and whatnot. Um, 100 people, that's amazing. How are we ever going to beat that? And then we're on such a high. We did it again next year. 200 people. We thought, we're doubling from last year. Oh my God. Fast forward to last year. Obviously, we just sold the ice cream. That's the only reason we did it really, just to sort of, we've built the fan base for the farm already. We've built the fan base for the ice cream. It made sense to run open farm someday again. Um, Two and a half thousand people. No. Two and a half thousand. And that's if the boys collect, connect, uh, counted right, sorry. <laughs> Honestly, Oh my there. God. So to say I'm bricking it about next week would be an absolute understatement. <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel though that that just shows that there is a keen appetite, no pun intended, for the public to learn about farming and to be on farm and to connect with the countryside and you know produce yeah yeah no so um we do well leaf give us these forms as well so everyone fills out the name where they live and 
Uh, have you learned anything today? Every single piece of paper every year without fail says, yes, I've learned something. Yes, I've had the best day. We've had no negative feedback. Which is actually fantastic in an industry which we're told in mainstream media basically every day of the week is bad for the environment, is cruel to calves, etc, etc. So to see the real world public perception actually being really positive is something which I hope, I, you know, maybe the public listening, but also farmers listening, you know, take a bit of inspiration and, and encouragement from. But um, I guess then was the public perception and bridging that gap the reason why your family decided to get involved? Was it all about being able to show people where their food com came from or was there anything wider than that? Not really. It was just like you say, to be honest. We just wanted... Education would solve a lot of farmers' issues and I will stand by that until the day I die. If people knew where the food came from, if they knew how hard farmers worked for it, um, we'd have half the issues we would. Um, so we just wanted to educate the public essentially that was all that was all but it is quite a hard thing to do isn't it to put yourself and your and your farm out there it's always a massive risk especially to activists um i mean touch wood luckily we haven't had one so far but um to basically say my full farm's open come have a look you just never know who's going to come you don't know yeah. someone's going to come around and open all the gates let the bull out um all things like that so yeah we've got to be quite brave to be able to say come the, the there must be in. quite a lot of health and safety and stuff in terms of planning and managing and you know two and a half thousand people is a lot of people how on earth do you manage and organize that yeah um it's very stressful and we're lucky to have so many so much help sorry from stewards or like Ala, they send loads of their staff down um because it's sponsored by a lot of companies like nfu Ala, morrison's i can't think of many more off the top of my head um so they all send people to farms who are participating um so we'll end up with like 10 people from Ala who if everyone is stood around wearing a hive's vest saying talk to me about this Talk to me about um, what you do for bees, talk to me about conservation, talk to me about just milk, talk to me about the milk tag. Then there's so many people around. It's a bit like stewarding, but with a friendlier face. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nina, how can both the public and farmers get involved in Open Farm Sunday? So, um, if you all head to the uh, LEAF website, I believe it's leaf.com fingers crossed or just search open farm sunday um it might be a bit late for farms to participate in this year's thinking it's only next week um but yeah you just it's so easy to sign up and it's free to sign up to be a farm to participate but um they've got this handy map for the public to look at and see where their closest farm is or see if there's a few about see which one offers the more age appropriate things or things you're most interested in um so yeah, that's handy. <laughs> Fantastic. So all you need to know is basically head to the website and there should be a farm participating near you if, the pub if you're the public and you never know, in the coming years, you might be a farmer hosting an open farm Sunday. And that's on the 11th of June? 11th of June, yeah. We open our gates at 11am until 4am. So yeah. Okay, brilliant. Fab, I am so looking forward to Open Farm Sunday. 
But let's move on to a fun challenge part of our podcast. And for those of you listening, before we jumped on here, Nina was very, very excited to be part of the podcast because she didn't realize she was going to be on the main pod. I don't know what you thought you were going to be on, but... the B-class version. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, no. I mean, Nina knows what is coming up and like OG listener. So this is really exciting. And yeah, I mean, you don't know what you, we're going to tell you to get. So that's uh, that's one. But as you will know, we're going to ask you to get something, an item. You can have two minutes to get it. And then it goes on the leaderboard based on time, and then there will be another leaderboard based okay. on the best items. So, Nina, you have two minutes to find your favorite thing that you produce at the farm. Are you ready? Go. The sprint. The sprint is real. <laughs> I'm actually. I can hear the vending machine. And if I can, well, I hope it is the vending machine. It feels like a good time to tell you about our sponsor. Yes, definitely. Airplan Rural continue to sponsor all of our episodes and they also do a great job for the wider farming community. That's right. Over on Instagram, they've got a fantastic following. They host takeovers, write blog posts and just support agriculture. They give a voice to farmers who are working and living in the UK. Oh my gosh. A minute. Oh, I love it. <laughs> my machine was not working as quick as I wanted. It was so stressful. Chocolate milk. Chocolate milk. I love it. I'm here for that. Um, what time is that? One minute. You One minute. Fresh chocolate milk. Cows are milked at 6 30 this morning. Well, I mean, if that's not the uh, best advert ever, I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I um, I think that I don't think it was the quickest time from memory. I hate to say it, but there were other things at play, and I'm I'm getting I'm thinking this could get good marks for our um, actual quality I of think item. So too. well nina we're going to move on to the next part of our podcast which is the unseen question now last week we had erin on the podcast Mm -hmm. she didn't know you were going to be the next guest but she does have a question for you Mm -hmm. and when she asked it and we knew that that we were speaking to you next nina i thought oh that could be a really good question so erin wants to know if you didn't have what you have on the farm now which is obviously dairy cows what would you have? Interesting. You can see Nina is so... Her heart's with dairy cows, you can tell. <laughs> yeah. Torn. I mean, I've got the scrunchie, I've got the watch shop, I've got the phone case. Like, you haven't got your nails do. today, though. No, and I don't have my shorts. Or your shorts, yeah. and I don't have them on. I should have worn my yeah. leopard print <laughs> cow print ones. <laughs> um... I think it would be quite cool to farm deer. Oh, quite niche. Yeah, and no milk from them, unfortunately. But I just think I was going to say you can't milk a deer. Can you? <laughs> well, I wouldn't like to try too many antlers. I just think that would be quite cool. Um, venison's actually meant to be a really well. I've had it. It is a nice meat, isn't it? So it's really good for you. Isn't yeah, it, it is. Really well, you hear, heard it here first. When all the cows go. <laughs> 
Well, I, was, I thought you were going to say something like, I don't know, buffalo, because you can get buffalo milk, and they're quite similar to cows, aren't they? I think I'd be scared of them. They're just quite big and big. They are the are cutest. They soft, though, are they like... So they're really, because we went up to um, the buffalo farm in Fife, isn't it, I think? And I, yeah, I agree. I thought you'd be quite scared of them. Obviously, we didn't go in with them. But as soon as they understand you and they don't see you as a threat and you're not a stranger, they're very they're very happy and quite inquisitive. But if they if they don't want to move or get milked or it's all about happy buffalo, isn't it? So if they're not happy and comfortable and relaxed, they don't drop their milk down. Oh, just like a cow then. So that's a great I'm gonna change my answer, Lizzie. Thank you very much. <laughs> But they do have very smooth tongues. Mm. Very smooth. Yes. Really? Which is unexpected. Interesting. <laughs> right, I'm going to suggest to Dad we'll go out and yeah. we'll be on buffaloes in no time. <laughs> well, we're now going to ask you to ask a question for our next guest. And obviously, Lizzie and I know who we've got lined up. What would you like to ask them? Doesn't have to be farming, could be anything. Yeah, so my question is, what is your favourite flavoured milkshake? You could have any flavour. It could be even something that isn't invented yet. I'm here for that. I'm very going with the tone of the episode, so yeah. can't beat it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Nina, for joining us. And thanks for being such a great supporter. You are amazing. And I still need to get up to you. I'm not even that far. I'm going to do it. It's my mission to come and see you. Absolutely, please do. Well, Lizzie, has that encouraged you to head to an open farm Sunday? Definitely. I have already started looking online at the map to find local farms close to me. And I think it's really cool. You can actually pick, first of all, you put your, your postcode in, but then you can pick what you're really interested in. So if you want to be able to get up close with livestock, if you want to see machinery, you can filter your your preferences and what you're really interested in so that you can find the right farm for you. How cool is that? I think it's fantastic and we talked about it in the episode, but have a look online and get yourself there. You never know what you might learn, what you might find out. Well, as always, thank you so much to everybody for listening. We have loved having you along with us and a big thanks again to Nina for just bringing the milkshakes to the, uh, to the pod. As always, we love to hear from our listeners. Please do get in contact with us on social media and let us know if you've got any questions. 